Rebellions are built on hope. Welcome to another episode of Radio Rebellion, a Star Wars podcast. I am your host, Alberto Calderon, and thank you, as always, for joining us on another great Star Wars Saturday. It's a lot to talk about today, that Book of Boba Fett episode. We're back. Uh, episode 3, it was kind of divisive, if we want to say. Episode 4, I think, for the most part, has been pretty positive. So we'll talk about that and a few other stuff. But first, joining us, as always, for our Book of Boba Fett episodes, our friend, who's here? Oti. Hi, everyone. Yay. And coming back to the rebellion, she was here a while back in season two. I can't believe it's been so much. Our special guest for today, Candace. How are you doing, Candace? Hi. Good. How are you? Not too bad. We're talking a little bit before. It's cold, even though we're in Florida. It's, it's a bit chilly. I got my blanket. Yeah, I got my Boba <laughs> Fett sweater today because, yeah, it's in the low 40s. Feels like 38, I think, of where I'm at. So yeah. it's cold. It's cold. I know Oti was telling me he actually got a suntan today in Puerto Rico. So we're kind of... Oh Us Floridians, <laughs> it gets under 40 degrees and we're just confused. Under 40, I'm still getting used to under 50. It's it's there. but um. So yeah, you guys doing okay? Oti, you played golf. How was your golf I, round today? I played golf. I had a great round, actually. Um, <laughs> but the most exciting thing I've done recently is... I finished Fallen Star, finally. Oh, man. You, you, you need uh, to talk to someone after that? Someone for your I, emotional support? I, I, I actually ended up the book pretty happy. Yeah? In a twisted way, but it, it ended on a happy note before the thing. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no. I, I uh, Last night, I had, like, 100 pages left, and it was, like, 11. I'm, like, I'm not going to sleep until I finish this, and... I binged through it, and uh, yeah. Yeah, that's I love that book. At some point, we'll do a review here. I'm trying to gather myself for it. I don't know if I'm ready. Uh, Candace, you, you're up to date in, on the High Republic, right? Yes. Uh, real quick, you okay with the Fallen Star? You enjoyed it? Had I actually haven't. Well, I'm not up to date. I have not finished it yet. Ooh, okay. There's been some things that came up. Mm -hmm. But enjoying it so far. I'm trying to... I like the... the past few i've really like rushed through mm -hmm. so i'm trying to like you know take my time and really like ingest everything versus just like speed reading it like i did with like light of the jedi and <laughs> other ones <laughs> for me this time was the total inverse like i usually take a long time between the books and this one i went i, I had to stop for like a week but then i just binge through it well especially since we're you know we're going to a different era Mm -hmm. I, like we don't have as much with these characters coming up, so <laughs> I kind of like. Oh, yeah. I want to enjoy it as yeah. much as I can, you know. True. Yeah, it's gonna. It's hard. We're gonna. I think we talked about this a little bit a few weeks ago. That now we're gonna have to wait like two years maybe before we get back to some of these characters. It's gonna be a long wait, almost like waiting for a new movie. But yeah, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be yeah. very, very interesting. Yeah. So the Fallen Star, even though it's the main novel, it's the shortest I think of the main novels, and the way that Claudia gray writes it's pretty easy to kind of bro brush through them pretty quickly so sometimes you just gotta slow it down a little bit mm -hmm. all right but hi republic we'll talk about that as some someday soon but as always if you're watching us live thank you for being here as always thank you mo 
for being here and a happy the Rebel Saturday. Uh, like this video, comment down below if you're watching this later on the replay, subscribe to the channel if you haven't. And if you're listening to this on the audio podcast when it comes out on Monday, thank you also. And always leave us a rating and review wherever you are. But before we start talking Star Wars, one thing I just wanted to say, it is our two-year anniversary. We made it to two years, Radio Rebellion. Um, and as always, this is thank you, guys. This is all to my guests that have been here helping me out these past two years, all the people in the chat, Twitter, all the social media. Thank you, guys, for supporting us these past two years. And we'll see how far we can take this. I don't know. We'll see. Ah, so yeah, I think that's enough. So if you guys are ready, I know I'm ready. Let's talk Star Wars. And today we'll talk a little bit of Star Wars news. Yay, Star Wars news. It kind of came up. Oh, that's not right. Here we go. Star Wars news. And the big news this week was, I think it was yesterday, actually, that it was reported by a few people blanking on who reported first. I don't know if it was Variety, one of those big trades that Mary Elizabeth Winstead has been cast in the upcoming Ahsoka series. No word on who she's playing, but Candace, as our guest, I want to start with you. What are, what were your thoughts when you heard about this casting? Are you excited about it? And uh, fan castings out there are going nuts. Do you have any idea who she might be playing or who you might want her to play? Um, I'm a big fan of hers. and. Mm. I actually used to watch Passions in like the 90s and she was one of those. It's a really bad soap opera. I used to tape it on VHS when I was a kid and watch it later. And she played like one of the characters for a little bit. But yeah, loved her forever. So I know she'll do a great job there. Also, I'm like, did Ewan McGregor like slide her resume (laughs) in while he was doing Obi-Wan? Because I think they're like married now. Yeah. At least like engaged. Mm -hmm. So I was like. They have a kid and everything. Yeah, so I'm like, is he just like, hey? Yeah, I heard you were looking for someone. I might know someone. Yeah. <laughs> um, Oti, um, excited about the casting? Any yeah. idea who she might be playing? or? She could be a new character. There's gonna I be hope. Some new- That's what yeah. I want. Because awesome. everyone on Twitter, play this one, play that one. Just give us new characters. We need to move the story forward. Yeah, also just the fact that like, they announced he was playing Sabine. Like. Yeah. That's why I think she'll be a new character. But I did hear someone say, like, maybe she could be playing Hera. If Hera maybe, like, has a smaller... I don't think Hera would have a big role in this. But I feel like she would be at the bookends mm-hmm. if they do find Ezra. Like, before sure. they go to look. And then after they bring her back. Because she's around the right age to be Hera at this okay. point. Um, yeah, I Hera's she- pretty involved after the fall of the Empire. She's pretty involved with everything going on. So, yeah. Oti, your take on this. I know people out there are saying, I saw the one for Hera. A lot of people talking about Barry's, no, and some others. What are your thoughts so far? Uh, I'm very happy. I, I love Mary Elizabeth uh, Winslet. Um, Sky High, um, Sky 10 Cloverfield Lane, uh, Birds of Prey. She was great in Birds of Prey. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very excited to have her play in the Star Wars sandbox and keeping it in, in the fa- family because of Gosh. Ewan. <laughs> but um, who is she playing? I don't know. I don't With care. Her? I, just, oh. I, I just, I just want to see her in the, in the thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm same as you guys. I one thing that bothers not bothers me, but I hope they don't do. Every time they announce someone for the Ahsoka series or for Obi Wan, everyone always goes, "Oh, they gotta do a flashback to the Clone Wars and see Obi Wan and Anakin in the 
Clone Wars armor and then put Ahsoka there and then maybe Ahsoka shows up real time in Kenobi and then for the Ahsoka because she needs to meet Anakin and all this and now bring Barry. So like, I don't want it to go backwards and just show us things that we wanted from 20 years ago. I hope these stories kind of push us forward and not just rely on the everything else that we kind of grew up with. Uh, but we'll see. I, I, I've been thinking, like, if we have to see everything they did in animation in live action, then what's the point of animation? Like, I mean, I think the new characters make sense because a lot of people who are watching live action have never seen the, any of the animated series. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, having these characters don't have, like, as much of a punch to those who, like, don't know. There's so many people I know who watched The Mandalorian back when I was working in an office <laughs> instead of at home. I was talking to people who I never, they'd never seen a Star Wars TV show before because yeah. there was nothing live action. So yeah, if they have like, it's a lot. It can be overwhelming if you find out there's all mm -hmm. these characters who came before and you don't know where they're from. You got to think that they're going for a wider audience. And the galaxy is very big. Yeah, I even saw someone just play Leia. It's like... No, she. We don't need her to play Leia. Okay, they might look alive, but that's no, no, please. Anyway, so let us know in the comments. Oh, our friend Roberto, say hi, Roberto. How you doing? We were just kind of wrapping up a little bit the news about Mary Elizabeth Winstead in Ahsoka. So let us know who you guys think she might be playing, and if you like the casting. But with that said, we're here to talk Book of Boba Fett on our book report. So let's go ahead and talk some Book of Boba Fett. The Book of Boba Fett with a little writing. I always, I love my graphic. And then when I put it, it's like, oh man, I don't like it. But it's fine. Oh, I, I like I love it. <laughs> it's like some things in Boba Fett. They're just so dumb, but we, we enjoy them. We love them. Like the little rat catcher droid that we'll get to him in a minute. Uh, so Candace, because I know a little bit Oti's kind of reaction to the series so far, what has been your thoughts on the series in general? And then coming to this episode, did you enjoy it? Are they going into in the right direction or are things still a little bit slow? Uh, this episode was what I've been waiting for mm -hmm. when we saw that in credit scene. <laughs> And uh, we saw the like Fennec and Boba, you know, on the throne together. <laughs> I was waiting to see the two of them like actually like have more interaction. And we find out how did they meet? How mm -hmm. what well, we know like from the gunslinger how they met, but like what happened after he found her? And mm -hmm. why is she still with him? You know. Yeah. So a lot of answers. A lot of answers, and yeah. Okay, and in general, you've been enjoying the the season so far. Yeah, I I really like the first two episodes. I really love the second episode. Third mm -hmm. episode, I got tired that there was that overused trope of killing off sure. like coded native characters mm -hmm. just to accelerate like someone else's plot, even though like he was already there. You yes. know, he was already there. There's no need for it, and it would have been better to keep him. Uh, yeah, so I, I felt like it was back to form in this episode, at least. Yeah, pretty similar. We talked about it extensively, I think, last week about why it wasn't needed for them to kill the Toscans to push him forward. Like you say, he was already there. Mm -hmm. But And we'll get to it into this as we go on. But yeah, I think this episode kind of 
picked back up. And some people that might have kind of lost a little bit of faith last week probably came back. But it's finally coming to what we, a lot of us thought the series was kind of going to be focusing, focusing on, and it's both uh, taking the throne and seeing what he does with that. Like you're saying, that post-grade scene for Mando. We're starting to see that now. I think it's a little bit too late because we're already past the halfway point. But the flashback has been, have all been great, have been my favorite, but hopefully they're kind of slowing down. Oti, real quick, your thoughts on the episode before we jump into more specifics. Yeah. Shout out to Arizu. Ooh, Arizu is here. Arizu. Oh, the waffles, the geeky waffles, the waffles are, are here. here. <laughs> well, oh, let's talk about some Bonnick now. <laughs> hey, I was yesterday with Trial the Force, and I'll, I brought up Bonnick. So you guys have inflicted, injected that on me. So wherever yeah, I no, can, I'll oh, oh, you enjoy it. it. I'm right. totally on board with this. Like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm usually like, I, I ignored the the fandom ships, but mm. I'm all in with Bonnick, like all in. <laughs> so this episode, um, um, oh, Arizu is also all in with Bonnick. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's what she's here. She just wants to, as soon yeah. as we finish talking Bonnick, she will say bye. But... Yeah. Um, so, okay, uh, this episode, I really, really liked it. I've enjoyed the show so far, like I mm -hmm. said, every week. Um, there's, yeah, it was it was actually a ton of fun, like more than anything. Like, I totally, totally enjoyed it. All right, so let's go ahead and start. And we start again with flashbacks, which is, <laughs> you know what? We're not going to go in order. Let's start right there. We had They've the... been kissing with their eyes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we finally had the, see, she's not even here, it's already derailing the show. Yeah. Um, we had the the balcony scene that we all saw in the trailers. We all were expecting something to happen. And at least right there, it didn't. But were you guys, oh, yeah, the, the balcony scene, here we go, at least a hold of the hands or something. There was the bridal carry, as people are saying, no kiss yet. Is it coming? Do you guys think it's coming? I don't think it's coming on screen, but I think like the scenes can imply stuff, which okay. I'm fine with. I can fill in the blanks in my head. You know, what happened <laughs> when like the camera went to the credits? Who knows? Sure. They were still in that balcony together. It was very <laughs> romantic. It was very romantic. <laughs> Precisely. Um, is, is it going to happen? I don't think so, but I'm totally with Candace. If if it's implied and yeah, sure. I'll, yeah, I'll no, take I'm whatever I get. That, like, Star Wars isn't very good with the romance. We we gotta be honest. Like, no, they don't have no. a good track record with it. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Yes, it's it's. I they I think there'll be something. Um, you mentioned Candace at the beginning that we saw how him, uh, Boba Fett, and Fennec met when he saved her during the Gunslinger, and that was one of the questions I had. I. I had thought that maybe they had a backstory before then that they knew each other. That's why he saved her. But no, he met her there and then that decision to kind of continue the partnership and we'll get into it. Were you okay with that being their first meeting or did you kind of had your head count on they, they knew each other from before? I feel like they just like knew each other's reputation. Yes. And okay. uh, yeah, I figured something happened like him saving her life did change something so yeah i didn't have any expectation that they knew each other she definitely well as we know in bad batch had mm. interactions with clones before yeah so she knows the whole deal with that yeah how about you Ati? you thought they knew each other before or so i don't think the show discards that they could have known each other maybe they had met but 
he you always had the helmet so she didn't know like, how he <laughs> yeah. looked um but i i think she like knew who he was and mutually like he yeah. goes like oh i'm boba fett and she's like boba fett's dead so mm -hmm. she definitely knew of him so yeah and he yeah. knew who she was because she said oh you're the famous assassin fennec chan yeah all right, so yeah. the episode on Roberto, everyone's yeah. bone. Yes. The, chat, the chat is crazy. Yes, <laughs> it is conversion. It's yes. time. You have converted the chat. They're just both so pretty. They should be pretty <laughs> together. Yeah. We should, we should go into the Markian hour after this. The what? <laughs> the Markian hour. Oh, yeah. It might just turn at some point. Start with a little Kylo Ben Sol and then it'll end up with Marcion. But we yeah. start with Boba back again in the bantha this time it was moving a little bit faster than last time last time Otto, we talked that the bantha was a little bit slow today i think he was okay we gotta hurry i gotta find my ship i gotta find where my armor is kind of scopes the the palace too many people martian hour also knows it and then yes just keep showing it every uh, hour is martian hour yeah <laughs> every 10 minutes is martian um, so he doesn't do anything, but then we see the call back to the gunslinger. It's at night. We see the flash in the in the darkened skies, and then the little Mando whistle. Uh, not the Mandalorian, it's a whistle. Uh, the music whistle. Sorry about my accent. Uh, were you guys pumped when you saw that? Oh, here we go. This is when they're finally gonna he's gonna meet Fennec and rescue her. So Oti, when you saw this scene, and then take us into that scene when he rescues ours i mean also rescues <laughs> fennec and then takes her to the to the mothers i love those mothers so yeah so i i really like that scene um and i've said it before i'm i haven't been a huge fan of how they meld the the flashbacks i i mm -hmm. think they but this episode i really liked it and when we first saw the flashes go up i was like oh this is the thing this is the thing because i didn't think they were going to do it i thought this the, the story with them would start a bit um later mm -hmm. so yeah i was very pleasantly surprised with the execution and integrating it to the fifth fifth episode of mandalorian season one yeah which is my least favorite but it's coming up a lot um <laughs> kind of like attack of the clones which is my least favorite movie but it's come up a lot in the past years so yeah, I, I was very happy with how they handled it. Okay. Candace, he meets Fennec Shan. You like this what I've been retelling? Yeah. What I've been waiting for since the tragedy season two. <laughs> when, yeah, we saw those two together and I'm like, I need answers. Uh, yeah, like on Disney Plus, I believe like the the little, they give a little few word summary, you know, sure. the episodes yeah. like. Boba and Finnick partner up. And I was like, oh, it's time. Here we go. <laughs> it's time. It's time. Do you think we're done with flashbacks now? Uh, so this is, it's come up. I talked about this yesterday, like I mentioned with Triad. Mm -hmm. I think, I think there's at least one more of him knowing who has his armor and then following the man, following Din Djarin to Tython. And then that's going to be the last one. I think that's the last flashback. And I hope we get another flashback to Camino either him with Django Fett or something else with Camino because we only got two quick shots. It's the same scene that they just cut up for those first two flashbacks. So I do hope they go back to that. Uh, but I also wish that any flashback, give me only five or 10 minutes and then just keep moving the present time story, which I think is lagging a little bit. 
But I know a lot of people are kind of, eh, no more, we don't need, he already met Fennec, we know what happened with the Tossians and why he's now the way that he is, we don't need to go back. I do wish for at least, I do think there's going to be at least one more. Do you think there'll be more or we're done? Yeah, get Timothy Oliphant back yes. for a little bit, right? Yes, I, I was going to bring that at the end. So. Oh, sorry. No, 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 that's <laughs> fine. We can jump back and forth. Oti, like you mentioned, you've been kind of, yeah, we're done with flashbacks. Do you think we'll, we'll get at least one more? Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think we're done. And I, I think it's implied when he comes out of the back then, she's like, oh, you're healed, but how about those mental or internal? Yeah, the internal, internal scars. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, it's, it's still a downer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, he's finally, he's yeah, bronzed come on, up. Dude. He's almost as stand as Alti. He's ready to go. And then, oh, and your eternal scar. So, you know, Jesus. The the doctor's like, hey, your cancer is gone. And the wife comes in, like, oh, and how's your depression? Oh. (laughs) Like, no. Yeah. Ah, All right. So, and then he takes takes her to the mothers and this mud parlor with everyone enhancing their body with droid parts, which is basically the. The Vespac squad that we met last time, that everybody had their 20 theories of why they didn't fit on Star Wars, why they did fit, and now we see why. Um, so, Candace, your thoughts on the mod parlor? Is this something that you digged? And then seeing Fennec, how she got the internal droid parts, and how how happy the guy was after. No, you, you can cover that beautiful work up. We need to show it. Yeah, it was cool to see. Oh, do you know Mignet's, um Son, isn't that scene? No, I, really? I know someone posted a spoiler about it, and then I just scrolled through it because I didn't want to know, so I didn't know who who it was. Yeah, the teenage boy who like he has like a just like a little scene. Well, not a little, a little clip of him inside? just like looking. Yeah, inside. Okay. All right, I think I know who it was. So yeah, that's her son, which I thought <laughs> was a cute little that's thing. Because cool. like, if my parents were in a Star Wars, I would be like, put me in Star Wars too, <laughs> you know. <Yeah. laughs> Yeah, um, there's a little bit of body horror with it, you know, the idea of like, she's not conscious, but it is saving her life. So, yeah, it's, it was, it's good that it's Disney and Star Wars It's going to be extremely graphic, but seeing someone working on your insides with you unconscious is kind of weird and disturbing. And the blue thing at the end, like. The liquid, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, that weird. transfusion that they did. Uh, Alti, what your thoughts on this? And does it change? I know you didn't have too much of an issue with the uh, Vespa squad last week, but does it change a little bit knowing that this is this kind of subculture in tattooing, very similar to tattoo culture from years ago? Kind of, yeah, those the kids out. with their mods, yeah. and yeah, um, no, it doesn't change my opinion, I still like it. It's that was, silly. Uh, it's fun. Yeah. That was Fennec's issue with it. She's like, I'm too old for this. <laughs> yeah. This Just for the kids. Price is getting a mod in the belly. <laughs> yeah. It's like waking up now with a tribal band tattoo around your biceps. Like, no, this is for 20 years ago. So Robert decided, I feel the scene was a little too long, but that is the only thing I really liked it. It was a bit long, but I enjoyed it because I think it gives us now this backstory to why these kids from the previous episode I saw stand out so much in, on Tatooine. Uh, it's this counterculture, right? We, we were talking about this yesterday. I'll give props again the guys I try at, at the force mentioned this. Every culture and every place has kind of its counterculture. Here, 20, 30 years ago, anyone with tattoos, you got to cover their up, 
cover them up. No one's going to hire you. That's for whatever. And now it's become a little bit more mainstream. But still, I used to interview people for my previous job. And then it would come up a lot. People would, would ask us, oh, does it matter if my tattoos show up, if I dye my hair 20 different colors? And thankfully, two or three years ago, no, it doesn't matter. But people still th thought like that. So seeing this on Tatooine, which where a lot of people, oh, it doesn't fit that these kids with these modifications and bright color bikes, they don't fit on Tatooine. Well, they don't fit because there are these counterculture kids trying to do things different, and we've all been through it. So I did like that kind of emphasis on it. And then just seeing the mud parlor inside look very, very cool with the weird music. It didn't fit too much with Star Wars, but fed, fit with the scene that they were showing. Uh, and then the big thing, they have their conversation. So Boba Fett and Fennec, she wakes up. What the hell have you done to me? Well, I saved your life and whatever. I need your help finding, finding my armor and my ship. Did you guys enjoy that conversation that they had there? And then a little bit further in the episode when Boba Fett and Fennec discussing his new plan, when he, why he wants to kind of put bounty hunting away and become this die me or whatever and the reasons that he gives for it Alti, starting with you yeah i i like the dichotomy between the two scenes because in this first in this first one she's like okay i'll help you because you saved me and in the next one she like you see how she opens up to him and then like at the end she's like no i'm sticking around <laughs> so I, I i like how you know it's the same boba fett he doesn't change a lot from that night to the other but I really like how we see the the difference in 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 Fennec's intentions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because she was yeah, I'll help you just because you say me after that we'll go separate ways. And then when he, after he gets done with the saw, like we'll we'll go back to it. He's like, okay, where can I drop you off? Oh, I'll stick for the ride or something like that. Um, also, we get more with Boba Fett and Fennec why they decide to stick it out, and then he has kind of a very emotional line when she kind of says, okay, I'll help you. And then he, what is it that he says? Um, I pledge my life to protect yours, which like you said, you don't have to show the kids, but there's intentions be behind that line. Yeah, my friend Norhal is like, that is like a wedding Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I saw that, I saw yeah. that. So I think like, it makes perfect sense. If you look at Return of the Jedi, like, Boba Fett was like delivering Han Solo, doing that, and then he ends up in a Sarlacc pet because of freaking Jabba being <laughs> a drama queen, being like, <laughs> have them go yeah, down right. the plank, you know, kind of thing. And he realizes like he's smarter than these guys. And I think he he talks to BK about this too when he lets him go. He's like, mm -hmm. you don't need to be a bounty hunter anymore. Like these guys are idiots, you know. <laughs> So it's the same thing. Like he knows Finnick is in the same boat as him as a bounty hunter. Like, and he knows that she has skills too. So I feel like he sees himself in her mm -hmm. in a way. So. Yeah. I love those, both of those scenes. And it also, like you meant, we've mentioned here in 20 other different shows, how this Boba Fett is still the badass that a lot of people thought that he was. Because at the same time, we didn't see anything in the real trilogy that really showed that he was a badass, but we've created this notion. And a lot of people have been complaining on social media, oh, he's been dumbed down, or he's too slow, this or whatever. But now we see his intentions, like, I'm done doing stupid jobs for stupid people, right? 
they're getting a lot of us killed. We got, I'm going to do this my way. I'm going to take over, not because I want to be the big, bad, head mafia guys, because I know how to do it, and we're just going to go on jobs that are going to be safe for us, basically. We're not just going to get killed just to get someone else rich. So I love that, converse, that conversation that both of them have. Uh, but then we go, we kind of leave the serious stuff behind, and we go back to Java's Palace, and we have a great scene in the kitchen. But before that, I love my, my Imperial Probe droids. It's part of my show, it's my design. And I love that Fennec has this little kind of circular droid that reminded me a little bit of the, the bigger one that Darth Maul uses just to kind of investigate Tatooine. And I love how many gadgets she has on her sniper rifle. She has all the daggers, now she has this little camera droid. Then she comes back with the, it's kind of the interiors of the palace, how many people are there, but they have to walk in through the kitchen. So Oti, we have a chef droid, a sous chef droid, and we have the little rat catcher droid, a lab droid. Very funny scene, very Star Wars. I enjoyed the hell out of that scene. What was your thoughts when you saw the, the Grievous droid just ready to, to chop everyone yeah. down? <laughs> And then the little rat catcher droid trying to just do his job, and unfortunately had to walk through through colds, basically getting mm -hmm. away from 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 Boba Fett. Yeah. So again, I watched this show very early in the morning, like at six a.m. So <laughs> I have like a late reaction to everything. So mm -hmm. once that scene ended, I was like, "Hey, that was funny." <laughs> so <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really liked the, the whole sequence. Everything from planning it. I, I love a, a good planning sequence. Like yeah, <laughs> checking. It doing the scouting and then all hell breaks loose. I really, really enjoyed it. Candace, how are you? Oh, we were... you... Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> last episode when they had that full like food banquet thing, we we're like, where did all that food come from? <laughs> no, we're getting answers. We're getting yeah. answers. Yeah. yeah, I enjoyed the, the scene immensely because like you said, it's a good plan. There's like 30 different mercenaries in there. We're gonna plan it. We'll see where there's change, change shifts. Then as soon as they walk into the kitchen, it's where all hell breaks loose. So the plan is shot, we're screwed. But I love that Star Wars, for some reason, does something that who you just need to put droids. But they they have a chef, a main chef, and then the sous chef, and they're separated. So I love that they gave us that little distinction. And then seeing the little mouse kind of bunny droid just run around trying to get out and then just turning himself off when Boa Fett repeated for the 20th time. I'm Boa Fett. I don't want to die. I just shut myself off. And then we see him at the end. Boa Fett kept him. He's still there when the, the other mafia guys come in. So I'm, I love that scene. But then finally we see he finds his ship and a little tear comes out his eyes. Um, so let's get into another controversy. Fire spray. Slave One, Boba Fett Starship. Do you care that they didn't change the name, but that he referred to it as we gotta get to my fire spray? It doesn't matter because like Fennec may have heard of Boba Fett, but I doubt everyone knows what everyone's ship's name is. <laughs> like I brought it up like on Twitter, like when I my first car when I was like 18 was a hand-me-down Corolla that I named Harold because it was an old car. So I gave it an old man's name. <laughs> And I wouldn't tell someone I just met. I need to go find Harold. Harold, <laughs> yeah. You know, I would say I need to find my old Corolla. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so 
it just it makes more sense because fire spray is known you know it mm-hmm. would be like saying like a car um brand yeah or um like category i really like your answer honestly like uh my answer is no i don't care <laughs> i'm a grumpy guy but i really like that answer because it's true like if they get to that garage and there's like a hundred chips and he's like let's go into slave one and she's like which one yeah and if she's so, just he's just like i need to get slave one back be like what is that like yeah you want a slave yeah be like, so, oh. so we are on tattooing <laughs> yeah uh, just one how many how many slaves do you have and you only number them but yeah again i don't care fire spray is a lot cooler name than slave one anyways so i do like the name change again and it hasn't been changed you go to other star wars data banks and stuff it's still slave one still shows up but i i like that they said fire spray i love the answer that you gave candace and a lot of people say that also i also seen people try to defend oh well people know boba fred they know who's what slave one is hey it doesn't really doesn't it depends it like i don't go- even think as many people know about the millennium falcon that as as han thinks I mean, like, no, that's, that's, that's how these, the, the movie starts, right? You don't know the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, approach, exactly. You know? So ex- I, I feel like people think that their ship is more than it is. <laughs> yeah, like uh, going around calling your ship by a name is a very hard thing to do. Like, I don't think Boa Fett's out there like, oh, Slave One. <laughs> <laughs> Although he did cry. He did try. I mean, he hasn't seen this. So that's one thing that I didn't, we didn't talk about at the beginning. This time jump, or at least in my mind, because I thought he spent maybe two or three days inside the Sarlacc, a week or so with the Tuscan Raiders, and then everything happened. Now, let me, so obviously, silent. everyone in universe refers to the Falcon as a Corellian freighter. I mean, preach it, it is true. Preach it, yeah. Preach it. <laughs> yes, internet people know what you're saying before. But did it struck you, Oti, that five years had passed already in the flashback scenes because again for me it's been like maybe two weeks but now we're already finding fennec it's been five years yeah star wars time is weird so (laughs) i accept it i don't think it's been like two weeks like in my mind he was a slave maybe like a month and then it took a long time before he gained the respect referring to the tuscans i mean yeah so yeah, he spent five years with them. Sure. Like, and that's where did you know? Because I think we were together last week on Outer Rim Beacon. I think there was a scene where uh, Pell is walking by, and it's like, okay, we're getting to that. It's been the five years. Were you kind of, did you expect it to be this long already, or were you thinking we're still pretty, pretty far behind? I didn't, I, again, yeah, Star Wars timelines are a mess. Um, Look at Empire Strikes Back. Um, (laughs) But we love it, so we ignore it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wasn't sure, like, when the train scene happened, because then we have, like, the the gang try to take their revenge on the Tusken, well, they do take their revenge Mm -hmm. on the Tusken Raiders. Do they wait five years for that? Yeah. Like, I don't understand, like, how long he was with them. Yeah. It must yeah. have been some time that he is. I mean, like... we know for sure that the ride in Bantha from the establishment to the city took about a year, considering how slow that thing goes. <laughs> <laughs> you saw, man, it was so slow last week. Yeah. So, Arisa, I think we under we we got yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think we were yeah. disagreeing with yeah. you, Arisa. 
Yeah, we, we, I mean, we can disagree with Arsu just to get her mad. No, she had a she had a reaction to her booster shot. So no, we'll we'll be we'll be nice to her. Um, so yeah, to me, I think what threw me off a little again, we don't know how long he spent in the Sarlacc, and we don't. I think it was only a couple of days because how long could he survive there without food or water? Well, Unless oxygen. there's sorry. Oxygen. Remember, he got uh, yeah. the he got the little he had to get the stormtrooper yeah, oxygen because yeah. Unless there was a way that the Sarlacc kept him alive, feeding him fluids or something. I don't know how Sarlaccs work. I don't want to know how Sarlaccs work. They're pretty disgusting. And we saw them again today. The beak came back. I don't know if you guys had issues with the beak coming by. It looked extremely nasty, but that, I love that scene. The beak was a uh, um, uh, special edition thing. Yeah, they added that in the special edition, which I didn't like in the special edition. That's one of the additions that yeah, we don't need it. But it worked a lot in this episode. But he gets to the to Slave One, to the Fire Spray, and then Fennec Shan is the one that dominates this scene because she just tells him, go make sure that piece of junk works and I'll <laughs> take care of the 20 guys that are trying to kill us. She shoots them, beats them off, throws them off the ship. He forgets how to drive out of the, get the car out of the driveway, showing that he's a... <laughs> I know, but still, it's like, it's how many times have you dri driven out of, of Boba Fett's palace? But then she shoots the, the little weight, gates open, and That's they a head very out. poorly designed gate. Yeah. That all it needs is, like, one shot to open. Yeah, it was kind of, like, mm, for, for such a good. heavy gate, it was a pretty just... That's probably guest parking. <laughs> like that's not where Jabba's nice stuff is. No, I mean I don't think that Jabba's ship will fit in there. But anyway, so that we go then to my favorite shot so far in the whole series when he said, "Oh, I got a couple of scores to settle," and we see the the Canton Striders, this gang of Nictos running by, and we got this shot, Slave One just coming out through the clouds, burning everyone down. That shot to me just pulled me back, and this is okay. Here we go. This is one of those Star Wars shots. At least for me, it's going to live up there. Like There's a few in The Mandalorian, but this one was great. And we show, and it shows, I should say, how ruthless he still is, even through everything he's been, he's been out, kind of happened to him. And then we get to the Sarlacc. Uh, so, Candace, you okay the way he just mowed down the, the Canton Striders? Tamara's, Tamara's face during that scene <laughs> really sold it, too. Yeah. Like it was silent, mm -hmm. and then also like Fennec looking over at him. But yeah, no, I understand. Like that was the first thing he did. Yeah, he was like, "I got this. We're doing this." And yeah, he's like, "Before I have my redemption, let me do this little <laughs> thing over here." Yeah. yeah. So but, there was a. Go, sorry, go ahead. No, I just wanted to say that that shot, and even someone like me who has never been that big Boba fan. That's like an all-time great Star Wars shot. Like yeah. that's like right there with the shot of the Falcon in Force Awakens with the Tie Fighters coming. Yeah, yeah I, I loved it. Yeah, it was great. But there was a line that I think Fennec says when she tells him, "Oh, I was when he yeah, it's when he says, oh, 'Oh, I'm not dead. I was rescued by the Tuscans, but I got them killed because some a Nikto gang killed them. Killed them.' And she's like, a gang of Nikto killed Tuscans? Eh, I don't think so." So do you guys think that maybe there was a lie by the Pikes telling that the Nictos were the ones kind of 
behind all this, or do you think there is something else at play, or someone else in the NATO gang to kill the Tuscans? The Crimson Dawn. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, because the Tuscans at this point also have technology, mm -hmm. which is something that, you know, made them more powerful and more formidable. So they probably were thought of as a bigger threat. So you can see a lot of different people, like, going after them. Yeah. But yeah, could definitely be the Pikes working, like, being commanded by Crimson Dawn. <laughs> so. Yeah. All right, so then we get to the Sarlacc pit, which is why you want to go to the place where you almost die. You were sequestered there for... Did you have a jump? I jumped. There was a jump scare. It got me. Wait, when the beak comes out? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I didn't. I, I mean, I did. A... No, you know why? Because I got spoiled. And oh, okay. It's my fault. I was on YouTube and someone had the thumbnail was from the the end credits of that scene so you you saw when the the bomb went into it and like oh, oh yeah, crap so like, this is going to happen like i was like looking i was like <laughs> yeah they so my me, daughter got me good yeah my daughter was next to me she like something's going to move and then that jumped out so it got her but it got me a little bit and that's why the big work in this scene not as much as it did in return of the jedi but first, he's covering the whole mouth of it. It's like, dude, you know you can't see anything. Just turn the lights before. But that shot, yeah, just coming in, kind of tilting a little bit. Another great shot of it. So Oti is in the Sarlacc, still alive and probably pissed because he got stabbed last time Boba Fett was there. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I was just thinking, like, I had heard um, people mentioning, like, oh, Boba Fett should drop the, um, what's the bomb's name? Um, the... <sighs> I can't believe I'm blanking on it. The whatever. The <laughs> oh, Mr. Rez is here. He got scared also at one in the morning. I mean, at okay. one in the morning. Yeah, that's a pretty good jump scare right there. Okay. Seismic charge. Thank you, Mo. Thank you, Mo. The site. Like I had heard people mentioning that he should drop it in the in the, the pit. pit, and I was like, is there an organic way to do it? Be <laughs> besides um purely on revenge yeah and it happened in the show i was like oh that's the organic, <laughs> organic way to do it yeah and yeah. i kind of love like it happened on an accident like mm -hmm. she just saw that yeah, she, she was know. like she was just like okay and then bow is like don't touch my ship don't touch my buttons <laughs> yeah so uh, <laughs> yeah i i really like the scene i really really like the scene yeah um, I guess it was pretty messed up. Obviously, when he came out of the Sarlacc the first time, that he doesn't remember that the Jawas stole his armor. The Jawas punched him in the face. <laughs> I mean, they knocked him out pretty good. Um, so that's why I think also we're going to get another flashback to see to him seeing who has his armor being then cut banned. Because I think after all this, he still needs to find it. But I love that scene completely. I also love Fennec Shank. We still we start seeing how she kind of takes command of the scenes that they're together, and she's like, "Next time we follow the plan, and I'll take my seatbelt off and just hit this whatever buttons it wasn't even blinking. I'm just gonna hit it and see what happens. Hopefully the canopy doesn't open. But then the Siamese charge drops, kills the Sarlacc. He goes back down. She's already taking care of him, pouring the water over his head. Dude, you gotta be smarter than that. And then we kind of finish with the. With the flashbacks. All right. Any any other thoughts about the flashback scenes before we jump into the present present time story? 
I thought it was interesting. I thought she was a lot of us like still working through a life debt. Mm-hmm. But we see like she's there because she wants to be. Yeah. Like she wants to work with him, which I I really love, especially as someone who ships the two together. But there <laughs> isn't like a like a tie between the two. They decided yeah. to be partners in this. And like he t- he says, like, I will give my life for you. And like they are equal partners. Like mm-hmm. she sits on the throne with him. So we get to see kind of like how they started out. Yeah. And how they're going. And you know, why they trust each other too. Yeah. Like because, he's willing uh, to trust her to go down into the pit. You know, <laughs> yeah, and not hold just, him back up. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a trust fall. You know? <laughs> she could just go like psych. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. I get a ship, I get a new <laughs> stomach, I just head out yeah. of here. But yeah. And that's another right. That's how you start building trust. And that's a great uh very big way to trust someone with your life going back down to the soil. Like even if it's dead, you're gonna be stuck there again. But uh, and then, like you said, Candace, they're gonna be equal partners. When she kind of says, "Oh, what's in it for me? Oh, I'll cut you in. We'll go half seas on this, basically." And then she's like, "Oh, I'll stay for the ride." Because I had heard recently, I didn't hear, hear about this before. Some people having kind of issues if this was a kind of life death situation relationship that they were having. But no, that got resolved pretty quickly when she kind of decided just to see how where things went, and they've been together for this long. I feel like her saying like, oh, I'll see, oh, I'm here for the ride is more like, I can't say yes, I'm in, you know, completely. <laughs> That's just like her trying to be like this casual, cool assassin. <laughs> be like, you know, I'm just going to stick around a little bit. Yeah. Uh, see what happens no in a few days. <laughs> I'm not going to give you the satisfaction. I'm- yeah, mm-hmm. but she's like really like, I'm in 110%. <laughs> I mean, she, she deserves it because like he says, I need brains and I need muscle and you have both. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's oh. she's the whole package. Yeah, I yes. love her so much. <laughs> and I love so much that they—I don't know if this was their plan all along, but just to bring bring her back, not just be a one-off character in that first season of Mandalorian. We saw in season two, then Bad Batch, and now this is half her show. The show is half hers. Like the geeky walk of walk for your show is Book of Bonnet, right? So of course, it's yeah. she's part of it. But then we jump. By the way, this was a great Fennec episode because she's been a bit sidelined in the first Mm -hmm. three. Because of the flashbacks, yeah. Great episode for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, as like someone who grew up like Mulan being like Mm -hmm. their favorite Disney movie, they're just like having her just like, and also just growing up seeing her in other things as well. Like, and she's such a big Star Wars fan. (laughs) Yes. You know, that just makes it even more enjoyable. To know yeah. that she's having like the time of her life doing this too. Yeah. Put can you put that comment back up? Yeah, sure. Uh, so Arsu is adding, he thinks she's the brains, the muscle, and the beauty, but he won't say the third part, so he doesn't make her uncomfortable. And I maybe should have read that before I said it out loud. But yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just for the for the it's audio. For Arzu, though. Like, what do <laughs> I know. You I should know. And she's gonna be here in two weeks, I think. So I gotta I gotta mentally prepare for Arsu in I here. I feel like you should have more waffles on and see what happens. At the same time, I already had Arzu and Maggie at the same time when we do yeah, our... You no, don't have me, Maggie, and Arzu on. <laughs> no. I, can, I get to take like a three-week vacation after that. So I, just <laughs> need, I need a back that tank after that. I need to... My interior scars, I, I need to recover from that. <laughs> but so I need to because it's always fun when you guys are here. Even from that first time that you were here, uh, just with the Geeky Waffle talking about 
Padme back then. So long. Oh yeah, ago. with Bree. Yeah, yeah, Padme was murdered. <laughs> Hashtag murdered. You gotta go check that episode Hashtag out. Murdered. It changed a lot of minds that day. Yes. Uh, but we go back to the present storyline. He comes out of the flashbacks from the back that tank. All better, at least the outside scars, not the emotional ones, no. as we mentioned. And then he says, get my armor. People don't, they might treat me a little bit different if I don't have my armor. And then we go, we see our friend, Black Crescent, and getting a little bit angry watching Trandoshans having fun and just loses it. I guess he remembered that a Trandoshan, or maybe he heard that a Trandoshan brought a Wookiee pelt to Boba Fett in that first episode. And then he just wipes the floor with four poor guys just betting away in Garza's kind of parlor. Also, you're... Tra- Go ahead. Oh, just the Transdosians are really known for like hunting mm. Wookiees. Yeah. So, so that was something. Yeah. So it took me a while because when yeah, I watched it the first time, it's like, why is he so angry? Is he drunk? Is he angry that they're winning and he's just out of a job? Yeah, he's just like, and I'm having a, f- a bad time. How dare they have a good time? <laughs> yeah, right. And then a few hours later, oh, wait, no, Trandoshas and Wookiee have bad history. So it does make sense. But Ote, your thoughts on this scene when he just goes nuts and then Garza comes in, tries to calm him down. Is she kind of talking to Boba Fett at the same time that things are not the way they were before? This is more a civilized age, but he does he didn't care. He he only took one arm, but <laughs> Watching this scene and kind of going to the gangster theme of it all, mm-hmm. it kind of reminded me of Joe Pesci in Goodfellas Casino. He's like a grenade. Mm-hmm. He's going to explode at yeah. any minute, and he might shoot someone just because. So, yeah, so um, Black Chrysanthemum is basically the Joe Pesci of this universe. <laughs> um, I love that scene. I love her speech, especially how it references the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, Star Wars is us- usually stumbles when trying to make reference in live action to comics and books. It kind of botches it and changes things here and there. But this was like very, very accurate to Black Chrysanthemum's story. So I really like that scene. And I love how she's like, this is a more civilized time. Mm. And he's like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> you tried. So Candace, you talk a little bit about the beef that the Wookiees have with the Trandoshans. Yeah, I'm so- wondering like, would the li- people who just watch the live action stuff would understand that. I guess they could just think like you were saying. He's just having a bad day. He wants to pick a fight. <laughs> yeah. And I think because, again, I watched Star Wars my whole life. But I, I didn't pick on this pretty quickly. I know this is more, I guess, Clone Wars and probably the comics kind of touch this more. I, I had the same thing. Like, when people mentioned it on, online, I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's right. So I yeah, totally forgot. Yeah, it, it worked. Okay. Then when Garza comes in, and I mentioned it last time that on our first episode that the first time we see her, she kind of touches Boba Fett's arm. I kind of make a comment that a lot of young nerds became men that day watching her kind of <laughs> whatever, Twilight come in and do that. And then this episode, I'm sorry, it's that's pretty PG-13 for Star Wars, showing all that cleavage out there, but... She went with the same kind of touch, Black Crescentan, call him down. This is a more civilized age. We love seeing you in the in the pits. We're not there. I love that she called him Santo. Doesn't give need to go this the whole the whole name. Do you think this kind of also talking a little bit to Boba Fett that 
and to the fans again that have been complaining that this is not the same Boba Fett as before, like this is different times. You need to behave a little bit different. Did you enjoy that whole scene? I didn't see it that way, but I can see it now. I like that interpretation. <laughs> I I really like how she's like trying to show like this is a fancy place. We behave differently, but the minute he rips him off, he's like, oh, okay. She just one. like rolls her eyes. And yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah, this is still a hive of scum and villainy. Yeah, yeah she they knew go, it was Max, like a 50-50 chance. Yeah, and then she's like, just Max, play us out. Yeah. Um, and then well, another thing which it happened before when Boba Fett was having, was having that talk with Fennec in the flashbacks that I know they recorded this months ago, but it's the, <laughs> there's always space for, for the owner. Oh, <laughs> wait, ooh. Ooh. I don't know who, okay. that's Garza fit in there. Or, who or knows? Black Crescent. Or Black, I mean, oh, oh, he's, he's in the palace now. I'm glad Maggie's not here because she's been putting on Twitter how when she saw it, she's presenting out there. Um, and I lost my train, my train of thought. No. So what I was trying to he say. He does that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Black Crescent makes everyone lose their train yeah, of thought. Yeah, I know. You know, I mean, look, look at that Wookiee. Look at that. Look at that Wookiee. A little silver in his hair. He's a little yeah. silver fox Wookiee. So, yeah. He has so the only one scar. aged a little bit. You know, yeah. he's lived life. Yeah, he knows. He knows. That's a Wookiee lab you want to be curled in. It'll be safe, keep you warm and protected. Anyways, we're trying to reel this back in. <laughs> a lot of people on social media, like we said a lot, of time, have been complaining that this is not the Boba Fett that we know. But then, even though this show has been recorded months ago, there's that line that Fennec says, oh, living with the Tostians have made you soft. It's, no, it's made me strong. We can't leave. You can only get so far without a tribe. And then we see that he's starting to build his own tribe. He has Fennec. He has the, the, mod, the squad. mod squad out there. Now he has Black Crescentan. Needs more mods, so it kind of leads to the end. But then we have that meeting with the other mob heads, basically, which I thought was going to happen pretty early on in the season. We have the Aqualish, we have the Clatoonians, the other Trandoshans. Uh, why do we need to listen to you? And then we had another jump scare that that one got me, that claw of the rancor coming out. Did you expect that? And Ote, we find, we know you're a huge gangster mafia movie fan. We finally got that scene. Did you enjoy it? Are you ready to move forward with this storyline? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Definitely. Simply <laughs> enough. <laughs> Yeah, I thought I, it was I just, interesting. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, just thought it was interesting that they were like, we won't get involved, but we won't, we just won't do anything. Yeah. And yeah, we know that's not gonna happen. So, so at least one of those is gonna is gonna betray him at some point. But Ote, your if thoughts on that and sorry? If not all of them, I mean maybe. It's um, it's a it's a very mafia thing, like, oh the XYZ family is going to stay out of it. Um, I just wanted to mention, like, I love that line of dialogue when he says that being with the Tuscans made him stronger because mm -hmm. Boba Fett was always like this lone gunman. And it's very cool to see, like, that character archetype just destroyed and him finding the best version of himself while work working with others. I really, really like that. Like, not. Yeah. 
So one of the things we were talking about yesterday is he really hasn't had a family, right? His dad, which was basically an absentee father because he was always going out on jobs, which I think is part of those flashbacks that we see on Camino. And then he lost him, obviously, as he started through those formative years, teenager, I don't know, 10 to 12 years old when that happened. And then he gets mixed up with the other bounty hunters or a thing, but that's not really a family. That's just you, your dad was a bounty hunter. You're going to be a bounty hunter and that's it. So he finally kind of gets a family that has mutual respect with the Tuscan Raiders. Unfortunately, they get taken out. So he's trying to build that again with Fennec, obviously, and then maybe with a few other people. So I do enjoy that line a lot. And again, we have this family scene with the other mafia bosses out there. And he's like, hey, the Pikes are here. They're taking over the planet the planet we need to band together and they're like well i make money out of this pie so no all right just don't get in my way yeah. um i think at least one of them is gonna betray them and then do you think the pikes are gonna be the main bad or is there someone else hiding in the shadows that's gonna show up i'm gonna say in the sixth episode <laughs> do you think there's someone else out there candace crimson dawn there we go yeah all right, so let's jump into it. So I think <laughs> that... Like, what are you implying? <laughs> I'm just trying to get it out of some people before I jump in. Um, so I do think that next episode, we're going to have to... We'll deal with the Pikes, but it won't be the main thing. Mo is adding, everyone needs a tribe, and Boba building his own tribe now is beautiful. Yes, this kind of free birth of Boba Fett is great. Kira, we're getting into Kira right now. So I think there's going to be something in the in next episode that we think or Boba Fett thinks that the Pike situation is kind of taken, is done. But then in episode six is when we're going to see, no, there's someone else out there controlling the the pieces. And I think it's Crimson Dawn. I don't know if we'll get Kira, Emilia Clark full on, maybe a, a reference or a hologram or something. But I'm pretty certain... And I might be wrong, probably, but I hope that we get some Crimson Dawn in the next few episodes. Do you think that's where we're leading, Candace? I think it's a definite possibility because they keep alluding to something bigger. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, we know the Pikes work with Crimson Dawn after um, yes. Season 7 of Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. I believe they're on a hollow call. Mm -hmm. With Maul, right? Yeah. When and she, I think when Ahsoka's working with the Martez yeah. sisters, I think, and they're trying to escape the pikes or something, that's when they see the hologram. No, it, it's in, it, it's when in the Siege of Mandalore when she's, um, I think it's when she's like hunting Maul, and that's when he has the beating thing. Yeah. And we saw like Paul Bettany's character, Voss. Yeah. So yeah, yeah we, yes. they're all connected. Okay. So. I'll take the same train of thought. Okay, so I, I just want to shout this into the ether. I want Kira to be in the show. Mm -hmm. I think she's going to be in the show, but I don't think the show is alluding to her specifically. Because okay. I'm terrified of the show ending, Kira not being in it, and people being like the whole Mephisto thing. Like, the vision never teased Mephisto specifically. So. I still like get grumpy on that, so I don't want the <laughs> same thing to happen. Like I'm just a believer of yes, have your theories, but then engage with the show. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. But yeah, there yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. 
No. Sorry. Um, there's a delay, I think, sometimes. Um, there is a lot of like solo references yes. in Book of And also Amelia Clark is under Disney contract with the Marvel Secret War. Mm-hmm. So like Who's to there? say they aren't also shooting with the volume mm-hmm. and just yeah. being like, hey, let's get just, you know, a few clips. Let's put you in this like little Star Wars outfit and do some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and she and <gasps> Kira and Crimson Door, Crimson Dawn are everywhere right now with the bounty hunter, whatever, trying to get solo now, Crimson Rain. So she's out there and Crimson Dawn are out there right now in the Star Wars universe. So it just makes sense for them it to would, be involved in them. Um, I know you put this up earlier, Otto. I just want to say hi to Tina Lynn. She's here. Boba plus Black Crescent equals, <laughs> equals fire. Yeah, we all agree. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I do think it's all kind of leading to Crimson Dawn being the big bad because it doesn't make sense to me that the Hots came in through Black Crescent and, oh, it didn't work. Okay, I don't care about this planet. I'm leaving because Something the pikes scary. are here. It's like, Eh, no, if the Hots are leaving, it's because there's another big player out there or they're coming back for some reason. Then we have this big blowout with three different families. But I don't think we have, we're going that way. So I do hope that, I do think that Crimson Dawn is going to show up. But yeah, it's all the expectations. We got to kind of temper a little bit. Yeah. But anyway, the show, was, the show ends. It's like, I trust them to think of their self-interest. The deal I'm giving them is better than whatever the pipes are going to give them. We'll see. But I got to build my muscle. We got enough credits. Credits by muscle. And then we get the Mandalorian okay. theme. So, Otto, I'm going to start with you. Does that mean Dean Jaren is coming back? Or It was 6 in the morning. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so, I think so. I really, really think so. Like, I think this next episode will be them meeting up and being like, hey, remember when I helped you? Yeah, kind of need you. So, yeah. Like, I'm still not 100% like convinced that he's not like still on the fire spray, just depressed out of his mind because he lost his child. Eating like ice cream. And, like, <laughs> he just there in, in one corner, just with stuff. Yeah, just crying because he doesn't have weird. a. Sh- well, he must have gotten a ship by now, but like, it's gonna you know. be very interesting because it's the first time we see him after Grogu. So yeah, where and is he? Lost- like, if we see him, so does he have the well, dark saber? Yeah, does he have the dark saber? Is Bo-Katan <laughs> just following him everywhere because he has a freaking dark saber? Does he have Waiting a bunch of Mandalorians? <laughs> Yeah. behind him and just being like hey you're the mando <laughs> like it would be very cool if he goes to him and he's like i can go if these people can go and we have an army of mandalorians <laughs> we're gonna fight but, but then it it lasts two minutes because an army of mandalorian take over that planet pretty quickly yeah i'm gonna say and the way they shot it it kind of puts it out there it's gonna be din Djarin. i say it's not because i don't Why think you Sorry? Why do the music cue then? This is someone related to the Mandalorian, the Mandoverse out there. I don't think that Din Djarin fits in this story. I don't think he cares about Boba Fett trying to take over Tatooine or help the Tatooine crime scene. He's, I don't think he's... He needs to get a new shit. I don't think he's going to do it for the money. I think he'll do it because he helped him with Grogu like 
But he has yeah. like a big problem right now. Like you said, he's holding that dark saber with Bo-Katan there and the uh, rule of Mandalore up in the air. I think that takes precedence to helping Boa Fett deal with this little town in Tatooine. I honestly I... think he has to be in it because Book of Boa Fett, yes, Boa Fett's story and Fennec's story. But in the end of the day, it's a complementary story to The Mandalorian. Because it's a spin-off show from to the Mandalorian. So I kind of think Ahsoka, Book of Boba Fett, and whatever happens with Rangers, it'll all like end up with Dinjarin in some way. Like I don't want Dinjarin to take over the show at all. Like it, this is Boba Fett's story. But I, I really, really think he's gonna be in. I it. honestly think um like Den's gonna get the call and he's like, Good, I need to get away from these crazy Mandalorians. They're that expecting might be one. me to rule them here. Take it. I'm going to tattooing for a little bit. Yeah, I'll be back in two weeks. That might be a, a fun way to do it. But this is how I think it connects. I think that who in tattooing has some connection to the Tuscans. And it's also a marshal that's kind of involved in keeping peace in a town. It's our friend Cop Van. Boba knows that he had his armor. He can defend himself and help a tan out. I still think that Boba's going to reach out to Cop Van. Hey, I need to clean up the streets of Mosespa. Can you help me out? You're the, mar the marshal out here. Come on, give me a hand. They mess up with the Tuscans. Now you know that the Tuscans are not that bad, of, bad guys out there. So I need a little bit of, of help over here. So I still think, or I'm holding out hope, that it's actually Cop Vanth that's going to show up and help Boba Fett. Because, again, I don't think that Din Djarin fits in that story. But I also heard a lot of people say, maybe he goes and finds another covert of Mandalorians out there. They do want credits. They're going to help out. So what if he goes to the armorer or someone like that, and then, hey, I need to find some people to help me out, and she kind of pushes him to, oh, there's this secret covert on Tatooine or whatever. I don't think I feel so. like it would be too much of a letdown, right? <laughs> if it's mm -hmm. not done with that music cue, because everyone just. All right. All uh, right. Bring me think, down. My internal scars are back now. Sorry. I don't think that's I don't think that's the direction they're going because Boba Fett is not really that in tune with Mandalorian mm -hmm. culture. He doesn't seem to really care about it. So I I, I don't see like the armor popping up. Um, but I do see like other bounty hunters coming in apart from then. Like, so that's Dengar. where I want to kind of wrap Dengar. up. Let's the... do it, boss. Let's do it. Like, Dinkar, Embo, <laughs> the that weird one from the Clone Wars. Yeah, with that. Oh my, do have, does have a cool hat. So that's where I kind of wrapping up the the episode. Apart from Dean, if he shows up or not. We had a lot of speculations about who else might come on the show. As we're starting to come on the second half of the season, anyone else that we know of that might show up either for this next episode to help out or further on, Cat Bane, Dengar, Bosk, whoever, Embo, do you think we're getting anyone else or we're kind of done with those types, apart from Kira, of course? Do you think Omega? I think it would be a little shoehorn to put her mm -hmm. in the season because I don't think it works unless it's kind of at the end, some post-credit or something. I don't think she fits. I know that Fennec obviously knows Omega, so maybe she drops a hint, but I don't think we see her. Maybe I mentioned, but not seeing her. If you need a hero if and you're in Tatooine, 
you call Ben Quaternaros. <laughs> He's the one who's going to save the day with his little um what's uh oh my god I'm I'm such a bad yeah, with his pot razor. I'm such a he bad He fixed player. it already? <laughs> yeah, he fixed it. It's ready, and he's going to save the day. Yeah. I just hope that Dr. Mandible comes back in. I thought he was the one that's going to fix Kira. I mean, fix Fennec, but no. All right. So I think with that, we kind of wrapped up the episode. Any final thoughts? Or I think we're good. We already talked about what we think is going to happen or what might happen in the next few episodes. So, yeah, that kind of wraps up the episode. Thank you, guys. As always, everyone in the chat was great. Who was here today? Let me just say thanks again to Mo, also, of course, for derailing us a few times, Roberto, Mr. Rez, Tina Lynn, everyone that was here today. Thank you. Thank you to my guests, Oti, for being here this past couple of weeks. Next week is just the two of us, Oti, so we'll have fun either way. And Candace, thanks for being back. Anything you want to say out there? Anything you guys are working on right now? Uh, yeah, we have our own recaps. We're doing two episodes at a time on space waffles mm -hmm. and yeah so those will be out on tuesdays very cool so make sure to check that out there's down in the description we could, where you can follow candace and all the geeky waffle people over there so Oti, final thoughts and then where can people find you yeah you can find me over on twitter and instagram at ep Wars. just type that thing that says over there <laughs> um i host a bilingual star wars podcast called el podcast of star wars sometimes it's in english sometimes it's in spanish when it's which i don't know so yeah yeah so just always a surprise so you gotta check that out and for myself as always new episodes every saturday almost at friday every saturday <laughs> at 5 p.m eastern then if you just want to hear it on your commute to work or during work i won't judge they come out mondays at 11 in the morning We'll be back next week, like I said, with Oti recapping episode five. Then after that, episode six also will be here. Wish me luck. And then after that, for season finale, is going to be Maggie. Love it. It's going to be here. Also Two from Geeky weeks. Waffle, from Let's Talk About Star Wars, Collider, everywhere. So it's going to be a fun next couple of weeks as we wrapped up the Book of Boba Fett. One final question to you guys. Do you think this is a one-season show, or are we going to get a season two? I don't know. Um, I, I was treating this more like a mini series kind of thing. Yeah. A, uh, I don't uh, know. <laughs> I went into it thinking it was going to be a mini series, and I could see it going for another season. I don't, I don't know. Let's see. We thought Loki was going to be a mini series, like a, a one, mm -hmm. a limited series, yeah. as they call it. But then they're like, by the we're getting season two. Yeah. So who knows? <laughs> Maybe they'll like leave it open. Maybe we're going to get a whole out like crime yeah. war mm -hmm. going out in our Star Wars, you know? Yeah. Oh. That's something that came up yesterday. Is maybe Crimson Dawn is mentioned at the end of the season. Like the pipes are really the main bass for this season. And then at mm -hmm. the end, it's Crimson Dawn. Like, okay, we got to go and take care of business. And then they come in and Moe is adding, I think we'll get Kira's at tease in the season finale. And it will lead into season two with more underworld vibes. Could very well be. And we don't have that much to find to to find out. So okay. uh, thank you, everyone. As always, stay safe, be safe. May the force be with you. Rebellions are built on hope.